This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. This is a podcast from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. Hey you, as everybody said to you today. Your host, Paul Carenza. Hello. Welcome. Hello, yes, this is Paul Carenza. And this is Rob Halligan. Recorded live. And he's a guest on this podcast, Festival Special. There you go. More from Rob later, both in musical and in verbal standard speech-like form. Rob kindly donated us a theme song, and it's uh, his fab tune, Blue Jeans. That's been our theme song since the beginning. All of his albums and tour details are on robhalligan.co.uk. And he's on this month's show as an interviewed guest, plus comedians and performers galore, because it's festival time. Edinburgh Festival kicks off round about now-ish, so we've got uh, various performers who are heading that way and some recommendations for you in amongst the uh, heat waves and all downpours we're never happy are we us britons really i wonder what your perfect temperature and or level of dampness is i personally favor about 22 degrees and slight dampness in the air not too humid that's my favorite you know the day after the great british heat wave which i think we can all agree was a little bit much Uh, if you were here to experience that you'll know what i mean the day after the heat wave when the rains finally came two family members of mine who will remain uh, family members if i keep them nameless They were discussing the weather, as we do. So delighted for this breeze, finally, said one of them. No, said the other. I've just done the garden. We've now got grass cuttings all over the place and the washing, the chaos. Big on breeze. So, you know, you cannot please all of the people all of the time. Uh, which is a bit like a festival, I suppose. There's a perfect weather condition for everybody and there's maybe a perfect Edinburgh festival show or any festival show for every taste, every flavour. Some like it hot, some like it chilly, some like this, that, some like that. Either way, you've just got to go along, see what the world throws at you and make the best of it. So we've collated... As ever, seven guests. That's what we do on this podcast. We just have seven guests. That's all we can promise you. We don't know what sort of guests they will be every time. We just try and find interesting, fascinating, funny, brilliant people and bring them to you in a variety of guises. Some, many of them this time, are Edinburgh bound. In a moment, Bennett Aaron and Pippa Evans, who you will have heard on last month's podcast. You'll hear more about Bennett's new show in a moment. Uh, but first... A stand-up pal of mine. He's a a real stand-up guy. He's doing board games at this year's Edinburgh Festival, and you can watch. Hi, Paul. It's James Cook here. Hi, James. Just wanted to tell you about the shows I'm doing at the Edinburgh Fringe this year. So, firstly, when and where are you? 1.30pm every day at the Pear Tree, which is next to the Counting House, on West Nicholson Street. I'll be hosting my panel show... Board Game Smackdown. Right, and what's that all about then? This is where I get funny fringe performers to come and play games live on stage. So what's it like? It's a lot of fun. I suppose the thing it's most like is a sort of cross between whose line is it anyway and uh, when out of ten cats does countdown. And who do you have on? Got some great acts coming up on this run. We've got Paul Sinner from The Chase, Justin Morehouse and Janice Connolly from Phoenix Knights, Larry Dean and Darren Harriet from Live at the Apollo, Bill Al-Zafar, Laura Lex, Lloyd Langford and many others. And we can get more details from where? People can check out the lineups and more details at boardgamesmackdown.com. Oh, well, cheers. James Cook. Cheers, Paul. Bye. Play well, play fair. So here's Bennett Aaron with Pippa Evans. Uh, I caught up with them at the 
the Hay Festival. Uh, hey Festival. That was uh, a while ago now. Edinburgh Festival is upon us, and both Bennett Aaron and Pippa Evans are heading Scotland bound. Is that a word? That sounds awful. So this was recorded when the Hepdigan Club was on tour at the Hay Festival. We now beam you non-live to a noisy railway station in Wales. Bennett Aaron has just tackled a platform drinks machine and lost. I'm just going to say my hand is really sticky because of the drink dispenser. In many ways you've had quite a traumatic last three minutes because you had to be in a taxi facing the wrong way which has oh, made God. you feel sick. I really do feel sick. Yeah. Oh, was, well you're not feeling well in that process. I, I was fine when I got in and oh. I said okay, but I don't like two things. Somebody drives fast and sitting backwards in a, oh. in a train or a, oh yeah when we get the train. It, yeah, I, if, hopefully you'll be rear, uh, be forward facing. Forward facing. Uh, so that happened, and then. Or it won't know, be that fast. Maybe it won't be a fast train. I don't know because trains can go slowly. I, I don't you know which company. It's yeah, a Reva. It'll be oh, very fine. slow. Yeah. Um, and then I bought a drink and opened it, and the Lucasade went all over my hand, and I'm really angry and sticky. As a wit- <laughs> as a witness to the incident, one pound seventy for the privilege of losing most of that drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, yeah. it gets shaken, shaken up in the fall, doesn't it? I, it, it, it makes no happen. sense. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously dropping. I didn't realise. Opened it, and it went everywhere. So, yeah, so it doesn't aid recovery, it makes your hands sticky. Bennett, will either will this incident be making your Edinburgh Festival show? That's, oh, you're doing two shows, aren't you, this year? I am. Tell us about the shows you're doing. Thank you very can, much for asking. Can, uh, um, you know, I'm doing about. a show called I've Never Told Anyone This, which is at the underbelly at 12 minutes past... Oh, no, 10 minutes past 12. 12 minutes past to be very 12. specific. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, 10 past 12, midday, and then I'm doing a show called Heard the One About Identity Theft which is at 10 to 9 at Stand 2 every evening. Thank you. And the, the Identity Theft show, I know it's one you've been, uh, you've been doing for a while in different formats, haven't you? Because I've only ever you done... are, have been a victim of this particular yeah. insidious act. Well, I did a show about it about seven years ago, um, which was half the story. And as a result of that, I made a documentary on the subject and got arrested for seeing the identity of the Home Secretary. So this show is about what happened when I got arrested and what the police did and what the government did and how the driving licence application form had to be altered and reprinted because of me. Nice. Really? So you actually played a part in how we live our lives now? Yes. Yeah, because of me, less people have their identity stolen on a daily basis. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Well, thank you. Uh, Pippa? Oh, you want to thank you? I'd yeah, like yeah, to thank right, you for right. yeah. So you've changed the way no, we get Wait our... a second, I still haven't heard it. I don't know what you want. I w- just say thank you, like all of Because why? You just heard what I've done. Because pack... you put yourself in a stupid situation, Billy. Wow. Because you wanted, you know, you wanted an so Edinburgh show. That's what happened So angry. Oh, everybody look at me. Shocking. I'm the Home Secretary. <laughs> that's, that's what you wanted. You really were listening, actually. <laughs> I wasn't. I was enjoying my new undercut. You had a haircut today, didn't you? I had my haircut today. Who comes, who comes to a festival and gets a haircut? That's really... Someone who's very tired. It's very relaxing and today. And also is bored of playing London prices for having a haircut. Oh, that's fair enough. It's so ridiculous. It's like 60 quid. Crazy. It's just because I'm a woman. How much is it here? 30. I'll be honest, it looks 30. Oh! <laughs> Don't be jealous just because you have to hide your hair under a hat constantly. <laughs> and you can hear Bennett Aaron, Pippa Evans, myself, and Tez Ilias on Radio 4's Beyond Belief this August bank holiday. Nice music. 
let's hear from the man behind it. Rob Halligan's here. Hey, hello, Rob Halligan. Hello. Now, oh, I feel like we know you somehow on the podcast. How have we may have heard you before on the podcast? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I play guitar occasionally. That so. could be it. It must be. You you have give, gifted us your theme. I don't ever know the difference between gifted and, and yes. given, but yes. it means it's gifted seems more deliberate. Like, yes. have this yes. have, as a have, thing. Have, Lo- loan us this music. Have, have my music. So the, the title, theme, and closing theme and, uh, for this is Blue Jeans. Blue it? Jeans. Tell us about Blue Jeans. Blue Jeans. I wrote a love song for my wife. Well, I started to write a love song for my wife, right? And uh, it was kind of all about how lovely your eyes are and how we used to go dancing under the stars and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I played it to a couple of my mates and uh, they laughed at it. They said it was too soppy. said it needed a bit of kind of sexing up or whatever. I didn't want to write that sort of song. So the song that I started writing for for Jean was... Um, it turned into a protest song about not being able to sing love songs so that didn't cut it so I had to write something else so I wrote this one and it kind of basically says you know it doesn't matter what you wear you don't have to dress up you know you just look lovely it doesn't matter and she likes it which is quite good because it kind of means I don't need to buy her any new clothes that's exactly you bought you know, her you've done her a song instead she's yeah, she's yeah. fine in jeans that's it and she's happy with that I, f- I feel like I know the lyrics so well because having you know uh, uh, edited around them to, and I deliberately try but do people spot it when I uh, say thank you for you know I try and get the I don't want to speak over the lyrics yeah, you know what I mean yeah. so I try and time my you know, thanks for listening to the podcast yeah. in the instrumental bit so that we can hear the That's right. Because on the radio, words. you have like a cue thing for that. Yeah, don't you? yeah, yeah. I don't get that stuff no, here, you see. No. I'm just a one-man band, this. But <laughs> Speaking of one-man band, so tell us about your musical uh, history then and, and what, how you got to where you are and what you're doing and, oh my and, and everything. I started playing guitar when I was 11 years old. I had a car crash and I was in hospital for six months. So my mum bought me a guitar. Oh. I learned every song you could possibly learn with three chords. Right. And I was in a punk band. And then I started uh, doing stuff when uh, when I was in my late teens, started doing stuff with the church. Um, and that kind of led on to one, one thing to another. I, I had a big event. My dad was killed in the Twin Towers, September the 11th. I, re- I didn't know that. And that was the kind of, I don't know, it was a real turning point. I thought, I had got something here to say. Mm-hmm. And the best way that I know how to say it is to put these things into songs. So I left my real job and started doing this and, right. and and I've done it ever since and what so what was the real job then before What's, I was an uh, HR manager oh yeah you don't want to do that you want to hit the road you yeah. want to be the wandering re- minstrel around the country HR's not very rock and roll no it's not is it so you but you are on the road a lot aren't you you're yeah. gigging around aren't I you? am I am yeah uh, so uh, the next sort of big tour if you like is, mm. is I mean it's a constant tour isn't it you know That's what it's the thing, like yeah. always, people say yeah. when you're touring I'm, yeah I'm touring yeah and I kind of label them differently depending on what albums I've got out. So I've got an album out called We All Write the Songs. So the tour for that is kind of going through the um, autumn, really, right up to Christmas. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. All over the country, and if yeah. anybody wants me to come and play, it's very welcome. So you're open to offers of bookings oh, and the things. Rob you, you search for it on the Googles. There, you go. there, there you, go. you go, excellent. But yeah, I'm Googleable. You can ask Jeeves, you can all these things. Yeah, because we met at um, Scargill House. That's right, yes, it was, wasn't it? And, in the and, and uh, is it the peaks? I don't know. It's uh, your, your Dales. Something like that. Dales in the peaks. I never know. Whenever I see mountains, I think it's the peaks or the Dales or That's the lakes right. or something like that. Yeah. 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 It's got a landscape I never knew existed in this country. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Hobbiton. It's yeah. incredible. But anyway, since we met, yeah. um, um, we're looking at starting doing something similar down oh, where we are. Yeah. So, so um, kind of starting up this 
I don't know what you call it really, a, a family getaway retreat okay. type centre right. in the Midlands. The heart of England's, uh, yes. naval, England's naval, I think they call it. England's know. naval, yes. 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 I've, I've heard it called a lot of things like that. I believe, isn't it? I think Burton on Trent is technically called England's naval because it's the okay. furthest place in the country from the sea. Oh, no, 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 no. Is that not right? I would argue oh, there, you I read, don't believe Wikipedia, see, clearly. Just outside Coventry is Meriden, and that is... Is that the one, is it? Yeah. OK. I've always yeah. wondered, do they just think, if we want to go to the seaside, just pick a direction. Just yeah, go, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Which way do we go? It's left or right. That's it right. doesn't matter. That's yeah. right. That's right. We can go to Anglesey, or we can go to Cornwall, we can go to Suffolk. That'll make a difference. Yeah. So that's why you're doing your, your thing. You're, so you're setting up so, in, yeah. in that vicinity. Look at, looking at doing something there, which, which is Great. quite exciting. It's one of those things where we really don't know what will happen. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a blank sheet of paper. Uh, it depends who's going to be involved. It, it, all yeah. of those kind of things. And it means that we'd be living there, so we... You know, we'd be kind of up in oh. sticks and moving there, which is quite scary as well. That must be a big old project. You can't just do that overnight, can no, you? That's no. huge. So I'm juggling that at the moment with the yeah. music stuff as well. Great. Really, you know, interesting. Busy times. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May you keep on strumming. And yeah, uh, and if you need any music, just well, thanks know, very much. Ask. Love it. Just ask. I think it's probably well, the write a song. Yeah, yeah, clearly. And um, I mean, it's probably the perfect time now to go straight into a what do you call it? A jingle, a riff, a, uh, yeah. a, a thing, a, a gap between this conversation and another conversation. Yes. Punctuated by your fantastic music. Okay. Like this. The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Hello, my name is Anna Nicholson and my Edinburgh show is arrogantly named Anna Nicholson, Woman of the Year. It's a character comedy show where we follow the four nominees for this year's Woman of the Year awards, from a Cheryl Cole-esque beauty vlogger to a bra saleswoman stirring up the next generation, a very competitive vicar and a straight-talking Yorkshire grandma, so something for everyone. It's a combination of sketches, monologues and songs. We have live music from Bobby Golder. It's been described as Victoria Wood in a smartphone age and a sketch show as good as the Tracy Ullman show. It's been developed by uh, Neil Armstrong, my director, uh, not the astronaut, and James Carey, who writes for the BBC and wrote and directed Amongst Hill, which I was in last year and has featured on this podcast. Well, hold on there. You featured on this podcast too, Anna Nicholson. Let's not forget, you were talking about which of the seven wonders of the world you'd visit with which of the seven dwarves while feeling which of the seven deadly sins. Yes, we've not asked enough people that lately. So when is your Edinburgh show on and where... Apart from just Edinburgh generally, uh, is it uh, more specifically? So it's on at 3.35 at Just the Tonic at the Caves. Anna Nicholson, Woman of the Year. See you there. Alrighty, one more semi-voicemailed Edinburgh plug before the show's out. We have seven guests a week. That's what we do on this Heptagon Club podcast, our seven-sided venue. A person in each corner, you sort of stand in the middle, angle yourself correctly, and if the wind's in the right direction, you should hear a conversation. All we try and do is bring you interesting, funny, diverse guests, and here is one who ticks all of those boxes. It's another chap at this year's Fringe, another previous guest on this year's podcast, Dominic Frisby, legend of the comedy circuit, and indeed, he's a podcast way paver. He has been podcasting before podcasting was called podcasting, pretty much. And I know that sort of means recording radio shows with a, with a tape recorder and, and two buttons you had to push with two fingers, like play and record, good jung. But no, Dominic was putting free-to-listen audio nuggets online when you were in short trousers. And he's a big financial expert, he knows his stuff, he's doing a show this year at Edinburgh Fringe, Dominic Frisbee's financial game show. But Dominic has had many incarnations at Edinburgh and on the stand-up circuit, so let's unpeel a few layers of one of the comedy circuit's 
finest character acts, the many faces and personas and indeed characters of Dominic Frisbee. Um, I um, so I, I, I've uh, gigged with you many years, even before the podcast, I believe. Yeah, and you, but you Possibly were always in before a, the internet. Probably, probably around around the internet. When birth. did you start? I started in two thousand and one. Okay, so yeah. I regard the beginning of the internet as the year two thousand. I know that's okay. not strictly true, <laughs> yes. but, but that's that's when it sort of it, it, it went yeah. it went viral or something. Something happened yes, around it, about then. Yeah, it made itself go viral. Something. Yeah. I'd turn up to a gig never quite knowing which Dominic Frisbee I would encounter. There um, are many. Dominic there are many Dominic Frisbees of which uh, Morris the Morris Dancer. Was that the first Dominic Frisbee? I think that was the first one I knew. The first Dominic Frisbee was the upper-class rapper. Oh, yes, yes. Then, uh, and I did that for a couple of years, and that was basically a whole posh bloke rhyming thing. Yes, I met him once or twice, I think, yes. Okay, and that that did very well, but the problem with that act was it was a a very good act, but it was just that, it was an act, and it was all in rhyme, so it was all exactly the same every night. You could do exactly the same act in exactly the same slot in exactly the same comedy club and storm it one night and die the next just because of the you know and there was nothing you could do it was you couldn't I couldn't progress as a comedian because it was all in rhyme you know I couldn't improvise my way so and I I went very quickly from doing open spots to being given paid gigs and then I started being given the paid gigs out of town opening 20s for kind of off Mm. off the curb and the act wasn't the right act to open gigs so I kept dying out of town so I wrote this new act Ludwig the Bavarian okay which was all in Nederhosen I never that, met Ludwig this well, is that new. was a good okay. act that right. was a, uh, well I said yeah I of course really, yeah, it was yeah, all yeah. puns it was, I'd right. been watching loads of Ronnie Barker videos at okay. the time and so I'd come on dressed in Lederhosen and for example one of my jokes was your Lederhosen and what are they made of and I said Leder and he said no I want to know now so, <laughs> so silly puns and um but then real Germans came. Mm. We had the arrival of Henning. Oh, of course, and, and yes. other real Germans, yes. which kind of undermined the stupid ah, Germans. Did that kick? Uh, did that kick Ludwig out? Well, he was already on his way, and there was a okay. couple of other German impersonators mm. out there as well. There was a guy called Mark. I want to say Mark Steele, but Mark. Yes, Mark Blake. Mark Blake, thank mm. you. And so I dropped that, and then uh, I wrote Morris the Morris Dancer specifically to be booked in Jonglers. Okay, you were thinking there's a gap in the market for that Morris dancing. I I was a character act, and it was a very broad character, Mm. and there was a lot of audience interaction. It was quite crude. It was very broad, you know, big goofy teeth and stupid dancing, stupid costume, West Country. And every time I did it in Jongles, I had a really good gig. And Julia, who booked Jongles at the time, just went, Dominic, it's awful. (laughs) (laughs) So having written this act specifically for Jonglers, uh, uh, the booker at Jonglers was not having anything to do with it. And, but audiences uh, loved it. I've, I gig with you at Jonglers a bunch of times doing Morris. Yeah, was... but she wouldn't have it. Oh. She wouldn't have it. And so that was that. And then, um, and I got so sick. And I, I, at one stage I was doing a, a sketch show. I tried to kind of, I did an, a, a one-man sketch show in Edinburgh and I tried to do that on the circuit. And you've got people... In those days, I'm, I might be wrong and, and you, you blame everything, but there was just so much anti-character feeling mm, on the mm. circuit that eventually around 2003, I just I had enough and I said, right, I'm only comparing. Okay, and that as way, you. As me. Right. And and Peter Graham, who books The King's mm. Head, liked me very much. And so he booked me and I thought, I'll do this for a bit because I'll find my feet as a compare. And uh, I just liked it so much. I've, that's yeah. all I've... Right. Really, oh, really? So, as a comp- I mean, I've done. I compared like up the creek, and I compared yeah. genres for a bit. But after the payments fiasco, I stopped working. Yeah, for them and, and uh, you know, you know, it's like yeah. unless you keep on 
pushing yourself on the circuit, mm. gradually the the pool of people that use you shrinks. Yes, yeah, and you still got, do a few gigs. I still do a few gigs to yeah. keep the muscle, but there's yeah. there's lots of other people competing, and and mm. so you know I don't mind that the like I'm doing up the creek tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Yes, it's you've got to keep going. It's, it's yeah. hard and harder work, isn't it, to, yeah. to persist with those gigs? But um, but do you find because you seem to have reinvented yourself obviously every few years for that? So yeah, is there I'm a character waiting to uh, come out then? For these well, the upcross rapper actually made a return in Edinburgh mm. last year. And uh, I did the voodoo rooms, free fringe, but I didn't seek any kind of public. I did enough flyering just to get yeah. people in. It was experimental. I wrote a whole new hour of new raps, three or four of which I think are really, I'm quite proud of them. Um, the show was completely hit and miss, and I had, I had maybe five epic gigs in the run and three or four absolute stinkers. Uh, one. I I just stopped doing it after about thirty five minutes. Right. <laughs> but then I got the the producer of the Gentleman Rhymer. Have you heard of the Gentleman Rhymer? Oh yes, yeah. It was a, an act who came along in mm. I don't know mid to late noughties. Right. So a good ten years yes. after the upcast. So post record. you, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Then we had this kind of drunken conversation one night in a bar in Edinburgh. Somebody introduced us. Said, "Oh, you must meet this is the oh, upcast rapper." And she just hated me. And she was full of vitriol and accused me of nicking the Gentleman Rhymer's act. Oh. And I was like, well, well, well yeah. you know, yeah. and the problem is there's no evidence of the upper class rapper because it happened before the Internet. Of course. So there's no like, reviews. There's no, you know, footage or anything. Yeah. So, yeah. It Alternative facts. This is yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's, you can't prove it. That's oh dear. Anyway, she ended. We had this big kind of row and then she ended up buying me a drink. <laughs> But, uh, but this is not a double act waiting to happen by the sounds. No, of it. it's no, not. No, and I mean, yeah. she, I think she handled it quite well in the end. Mm. She kind of said, "Right, I'm buying you a drink." But it's just one of those. But you know, she's got a, a business interest in the of gentleman course. rhymer. Yes, so. and a current one as well. Yeah, yeah. an ongoing yeah. one. Yeah. So she was, she didn't like it. Uh, I guess eventually, me and the gentleman rhymer need to do a, a rap duel. Yes. Well, this is what it's all about, isn't it? They yeah. do these rap battles. Did they have rap battles in Edinburgh last year? I know they did a few years ago. I don't, I don't know. They, know. I don't know. I don't know. That should have been. Yeah, that's one to look out for. But in the meantime, I don't know. Mine all prepared though. I don't know how good my on. The oh, that's spot true. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a very different, uh, <laughs> yeah. different toolbox, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think the gentleman rhymer is infinitely better than me musically because he was his original thing was as a musician. Very gracious of you to say so. Well, yeah, I mean, so I've yeah. got zero musical talent. Well, although, anyway. unless you've seen Ludwig the Bavarian, accomplished sousaphone player. But the, um, yes. but the, but, but. But in terms of the funniness of mm. our songs, I think my songs are probably... You know, his show, yeah. musical, good, better knowledge of musical history and all that. Because I was thinking, obviously, you've got an interest in entertaining, performing comedy and all that stuff. Yeah. But all, but music seems to have been there, and, and money and finance as well, in a separate yeah. area. But music's in, you know, Morris dancing, uh, <laughs> the sousaphone, clearly. Yeah. Uh, the rapping as well. Is it something you keep coming back to? Well, I like for... music. I don't regard myself as musical. Yeah. Right. But the... the like most people talk about their great inspirations and it might be you know Bill Hicks or something mm. my uh, inspirations when I started comedy was Noel Coward <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan you don't hear that often enough <laughs> do you That's Miles nice. Jupp is the only is a, right. is a closet Gilbert actually not even a closet Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> lover, but yeah. you know like other comics will crowd to see mm. Bill Burr and if you go to the latest Gilbert and Sullivan showing you might find Miles Jupp and Dominic Frisbee <laughs> is that right <laughs> <laughs> queuing up to see it how charming how very nice Hi. Hello there. My name is Mark Ritchie and I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe this August from the 13th to the 17th. Uh, so what's the show called and where is it then, Mark? I'm with my show, Bob's Not My Uncle, 
and other devastating truths. It's at Greenside at Nicholson Square, Emerald Theatre, and it starts at 10pm. So tell us some wisdom from it, if you will. I met nine-year-old Laura, who told me this truth. Never let your mum brush your hair when she's mad at your dad. Ah, very true. Wow, what a truth. I tell some ridiculous stories of how I've learnt some of life's devastating truths. I'd love you to come along and hear storytelling at its very best. Well, nearly best. Not bad storytelling. Anyway, I'd love to see you there. Cheers, Mark. Happy fringing. So, from this week's episode, if you are at the Edinburgh Festival, you've got Bennett Aaron on identity theft and things he's never told people. You've got Pippa Evans, she's in Brexit too, and Showstoppers, which actually also comes to Guildford's Yvonne Arno Theatre in September, and generally on national tour as well, look out for that. You've got James Cook's Board Game Smackdown, Anna Nicholson's Woman of the Year, Dominic Frisbee's Financial Game Show, Mark Ritchie's Bob's Not My Uncle, and other devastating truths. And our seventh guest... Rob Halligan is not at Edinburgh, but he is live here. Welcome back, Rob Halligan. Give Rob a round of applause. Welcome back, Rob. And Rob is on tour. So go seek him out and buy his album. And thanks, Rob, for the theme music. So thank you for listening. Seven guests an episode. That's what we do. We'll have seven more in a month. And would you share us, like us, rate us, review us, find us on Facebook. We are there. We have a Hepkin Club page. Donate if you fancy. Hepticonclub.co.uk. Look for the donate or Patreon buttons. And all being well, we'll see you in September.